Welcome to the Brand Ambassadors, your wide-angle look at the field of PR and what it means for your company. Your host is Merritt Hamilton Allen with co-host Gary Potterfield. Every firm has a compelling narrative that sets them apart from the crowd. In your company, you can use your own background and storytelling to your advantage as well as that of your business. Now, here are your hosts, Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield. Good morning. Welcome to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen, joined by Gary Potterfield. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, Merritt. How's how's the day going? It just started for you. Indeed, indeed. It's uh, kind of a cotton candy pink, typical southwestern uh, sunrise. I don't mean to make light of it, but pretty much every sunrise and pretty much every sunset is gorgeous in the Southwest. So, meh. Yeah, so it's you're kind of nonplussed. You need some ugly sunrises so you can enjoy the good ones. Right, right. And, you know, we, see, see, we have the bright, bright skies at night. So, yeah, it's kind of good to get back to D.C. and have, you know, just a dark sky with uh, muddy stars and planes. Yeah. Keeps me grounded. <laughs> well, it's okay here today. We've got, some, uh, well, we got and, some nice clouds. It's all right here. And uh, you're in National Harbor today. You're back. I am. Uh, yes, I'm no longer in uh, Houston, back in town. <clears throat> so, yeah. So here I am, and here we are uh, in February. And here uh, in February, um, and I, I don't know what the groundhog has done, but why is why is Scott Webb at Vox Optima taking pictures of this? Is this a volunteer <laughs> mission or is somebody paying him to do this? Oh boy, Punxsutawney Phil. I don't know. I I have no idea what the heck Punxsutawney Phil did. And uh, and, and uh, come on, that's science. We should do inter- that's yeah, science. They, they should be. Dis- I hope they're discussing that on the Science Channel or whatever. Yeah. According to John, uh, he has seen his shadow six more weeks of, uh, of whatever it is we've been having. Uh, for us, it's not winter. For us, it's not winter. Well, today we are going back to, I think, a uh, very popular um, uh, uh, topic. And I, I, it, I, perhaps I'll say compelling. I think compelling is a better phrase. But uh, crisis communications, and today we want to kind of touch on real-world uh, uh, crises, uh, at least in the first part of our show, uh, because there are problems that loom. And I would, as an example of, of a looming crisis, I'm going to say USA Gymnastics. Uh, the sentencing of a team doctor, I think, is the tip of the iceberg, because uh, there are many, many, many people involved in USA Gymnastics and putting together winning teams. And uh, uh, I, I think I think there's going to be something else there. But um, real world crises, um, we've seen, you know, these horrible um, really flash fires in uh, Southern California, um, natural uh, natural disasters, uh, any sort of emergency uh, uh, situation. That's a very different type of crisis, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's that. There's a there's a clear line there. When <clears throat> there are, I mean, obviously these other things we've been hearing about. Um, that uh, that whole thing with this horrible situation with those children and their and their parents and that that awful thing that happened there, uh, uh, torture and all that. 
this is something where it's like imminent. We talk about like things that were imminently people are going to people are concerned that they may die. So right. um, I mean, that's really Lives are at stake. Yeah, that's and it's in, yeah, and it's and it is uh, immediate. So it's a very different kind of a crisis situation, and therefore a different kind of a crisis communication uh, issue. So it that's is. It, I think the best training we've done is um, the work we've done with New Mexico first responders, uh, and of course the training is not about the trainer. But I think after the sessions uh, we did in. Uh, uh, Farmington in particular, I felt I felt very comforted by um, how good our first responders are at getting the word out. Yeah, it's good. And it's very it's very comforting to know that they're doing that, that they're that they are testing and and, and and that's what it comes down to. I think we've heard from other guests we've had on the show. Uh, and that we certainly know from our own experiences that um, it, you, you have to practice it, and uh, and I know that I think that the, the probably the the the, um, the budget folks in whatever organization it is, whether whether it's a government or or a corporate organization, you know, cringe at the at the money they have to spend on the on the prep work because they because it doesn't have any direct immediate uh, return on investment. Uh, but boy, does it cost you if you don't do it. So um, I, yeah, it was really great that they did that uh, and, the, and that organizations do uh, do that. It's, and uh, for um, uh, our state work, we use the Federal Emergency Management Agency uh, curriculum, which uh, I think is pretty solid. What I like is it starts with just um, an exercise where you write a 30-word message. This is, um, you are at point X in your crisis, what is your 30-word message? Because that could be a text, um, and there are all sorts of platforms. Uh, do, you, do you use Nixle in Maryland, Gary? Uh, not that I know of. I don't, Nixle? I don't even know it. See, okay, N-I-X-L-E. Yeah, N-I-X-L-E is something you opt into, in, uh, at least in the Southwest, uh, and you get fire. It, it's uh, great for... Uh, fire updates, and it's a way for first responders uh, to reach out to thousands or millions of people uh, with, a, with a single post. And so uh, the curriculum starts, you've got to know at what point in the crisis, what do you need to say? And then as the training continues, you kind of, you're, you're working through, I, I hate to say it, but a notional crisis or an, ex, uh, an exercise as you're working through a crisis scenario. And so there's, you know, the discovery that something happened. There's um, the uh, securing of the scene. There's the assessment. Uh, then there's uh, uh, the abatement and uh, return back uh, to normal operations. And uh, the, the, the consistency of messaging through all of those stages is what's really focused on, and I think that's so important. You know, I think that um, uh, because of the nature of communication today with uh, cell phones, um, look, we get those Amber alert alerts on our phones, and we see them all over the place, and, and just the social media, how pervasive it is. I think if you go back years ago, um, the the focus on communication was not quite as uh, as uh, prominent as it is now, because they figured, okay, we got a crisis we have to deal with. Let's wor- worry about it. But they weren't they weren't as concerned about communicating, uh, because they knew it was much harder to do it, and so therefore they weren't uh, focused on. It. They were focused on the actual, you know, the, the, the you know the first responders and what they were doing, but not as much about the communicator. So it is good from our perspective 
that uh, the, I think the focus on on immediate information uh, has has brought these organizations to doing more communications training for heart crises, and I think that's a very good thing. And I, I think the. Um uh, Forest Service also does an exceptional job um, of doing community outreach when there's not a crisis and uh, putting out a drumbeat. Uh, this is what you need to be aware of. We're going to have a seminar on how to fireproof your house. Uh, we have more and more people, of course, living uh, closer to the great outdoors, including me. And uh, the Forest Service is really focused um, in not just... Uh, uh, preserving and maintaining our forests, but they also have to, of course, be uh, concerned about the people who live so close to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and uh, if you wait for the crisis to start communicating, as we, as we said on this show, you also have a problem. So I, I, I think there's a good, uh, I, the Forest Service does a really good uh, uh, blend of uh, the, the preliminary communication, the um, preparatory communication, uh, establishing the communication networks ahead of the crisis so that w- uh, when the crisis does come, we all know where to go for information. Well, I think the, um, so the, the majority of people, of course, don't, um, who are in our kind of business, the communications business, are not necessarily working for a federal or state agency or local agency. They're working for a corporation. And uh, I, I, I hope and I think uh, that the, they are as well, uh, particularly those that are large and that have the potential for impact uh, in, in the environment or safety, um, are, are, are doing the same thing. Um, re- using their resources to, to test and plan and, and be ready to respond. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's um, it really comes to uh, not just, uh, you know, first of all, you, you need to uh, ensure the safety of your staff, and then you've got to figure out your continuity plan or your recovery plan. Yeah, and then uh, I, I was doing a little research uh, this morning and went on to Wikipedia and looked at, uh, uh, I said, I think I'll look at, uh, I'll just do a, a thing on a list of disasters. Well, the problem was I started, I did li- started looking at the list of disasters, and then I got so depressed because there are just so many of them. There are man, there's just so, they're just, but it just shows you, that, I mean, they're just everywhere, and they're all, and, and uh um, and there's a whole bunch of them that are man-made and that are that are corporately uh, made. Uh, you know, we think of some of the uh, the things about um, um, uh, uh, what was the what was the one? Golly, it's, I'm, I can't have. I'm having a mental block. The one in India uh, that uh, Bhopal. Uh, yeah, Bhopal. Yeah, my goodness. I mean, some of the things. Uh, so, so I mean, anyway, if you're if you're in in, in the corporate communication business or government communication business. Um, I hope that that they're testing. So anyway, um, uh, yeah, I wish there was more of it. That's all more 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 of what we did. Yeah, um, well, uh, and I think, uh, and then I think one something we should talk about in the you know the next segment is how technology has changed that and how it's changed it in developing nations. I mean, the advent of cell and uh, the fact that now um, many more billions of people have access to telecommunications. Uh, uh, suddenly, uh, countries that um, uh, may have been plagued uh, by disasters in the past suddenly have powerful new to- new t- uh, tools to save lives. I have to, I have to. I, I don't know if you remember this, Merritt, but uh, the, it was like the first or second or third season of Saturday Night Live, where they had the um, uh, there was, was a device that you would take on an airplane, 
and it would uh, it would it would tell you when you were about to be impacted on a mid-air collision, and it would <laughs> tell you you were about to be impacted with a 737 or something. Oh my goodness! Uh, all right, I don't know what made me think of that. Oh, that's technology, but that was in the 70s. Okay, well, we're this is the brand ambassadors, by the way, folks, and we are talking about uh, uh, right at the moment. We're talking about crisis communication. We're talking about the real serious ones that are uh, that affect lives directly and immediately. Um, please give us a call at um, at eight six six four seven two fifty seven ninety, or give us and send us an email at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com, and we'll be back in three minutes or so to talk about it some more. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen, joined by Gary Potterfield. We hope uh, you will join the conversation. Send us an email at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com or call us at 866-472-5790. 
Well, we're talking about uh, uh, crises, and we're talking about technology and how that's been and how that's been a blessing. I mean, certainly, uh, we, we've seen for. Uh, th- actually, th- throughout this century, how the proliferation of cell phones uh, globally in areas that had, could never be reached by uh, wired telephones has changed commerce. It's changed um, uh, really everything. It's also changed the way some disaster-prone nations are able to uh, manage uh, manage natural disasters. Uh, Gary. Uh, how do you? I mean, how do you see that in the, in the U.S.? Do you think that um, uh, we expect to turn on CNN still, or are we looking at our phones? Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think it's the CNN thing anymore. I mean, obviously, if you hear that beep 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 on your on your television, and then you look up and you see what's there, but uh, I think it's just as likely or more likely that you're going to get the beep 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 on your on your phone. Uh, it's interesting. If you, I don't know if you've ever been in a place where. Um, where either an amber alert or something else has happened and there and you've been in a room you've been in some location where there are other people with phones and everyone gets the uh, notification all at the same time and they all look down it's kind of uh, it, it's kind of a weird uh, circumstance and kind of uh, startling when it happens uh, but but how about that i mean uh, the amber alert thing how that's just terrific if there is a, yes. you know, someone's in trouble it's wonderful you know? Absolutely, but you know that was something. That was something we were uh, certainly on 9/11. We were not in. Uh, you know, uh, in 2001, we had cell phones, and my memory of 9/11 is not being able to get through to anyone because um, the networks were just clogged. Right. Well, and, and of course now today, um, the cr- the crisis, and it, believe me, it is it is an it is an absolutely minor non-crisis. But the crisis we believe we have, I will tell you, I had a, uh, was a couple of months ago where I misplaced my phone and, you know, I had this, I wouldn't say panic, but I had this feeling like, w- where's my phone? I mean, I don't have my phone. Oh my, my life is in that thing. Where, where is that doggone phone? Um, and now, so now we, we, we have it and we can connect for everything. Yeah, I remember, um, uh, you know, that whole first half of the, uh, that first five or so years of the, uh, of the 20th, 21st century were kind of weird, like uh, with things like we had obviously 9-11. And then here in the D.C. area, we had the shooters, the snipers. And, um, right. and, that, and that was all kind of weird when you're driving around and here wondering what's going on. Um, so all kinds of goofy stuff. And then the, and then the whole business with the um, um, uh, with the anthrax. Um, and by the way, I was personally. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yes. I, I remember one. I don't know if you remember this, but I was um, I got a call from the Secret Service um, because something it was about uh, around the whole anthrax time. I'm like the Secret Service. What do they want with me? Uh, just apparently a letter that I was uh, getting sent from that I that someone sent me from the West Coast happened to get stuck to a threatening letter to the White House. And <laughs> so, oh my goodness, those were crazy times. I'm not that they're less crazy. Oh yeah. Now. Um, <laughs> no, but um, I have another technological. Uh, oh, I was going to say e- I have another technological. Just, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say another technological I, tool that people are using that we um, uh, right now are working with uh, a potential client uh, with regard to using technology 
uh, to communicate for emergency purposes. And as you know, uh, in a lot of uh, um, uh, government places, and I'm sure some corporate ones, where they have an education as well, where they have digital signage networks, and they can they can connect their emergency uh, messaging systems to that signage. And uh, automatically, important information such as shelter in place or uh, to evacuate and where to go uh, to evacuate uh, is is integrated. So I think it's pretty cool. Absolutely. I mean, I think you're referring to digital signage and wayfinding. Right. And and emergency um, break-in. Yeah, so that what they what you can do uh, with uh, digital signage is uh, that if you have a, a digital signage network in your in your uh, organization, um, you yeah you can link it electronic. You can link it to, so it's triggered. Uh, not necessarily. You can be either manually or it can be done automatically. So that if the emergency notification system says evacuate, like in other words, there's a fire alarm, um, it'll automatically trigger all the screens to to, to tell you what to do. Um, so that's just another way. And of course, you know that um, after the shootings, like the Virginia Tech business, um, that's when uh, that became really important on college campuses about getting digital signage for purposes of emergency communication. I don't know, I don't know how I'm drifting into com- uh, digital signage, but it, we are talking about uh, crises and, uh, and notification. No, and so, well, yeah, if you're in a large office complex and there's an active shooter or a fire, um, you know, there's there's the old standard, the fire alarm, but there are other ways uh, uh, to reach your workforce. Uh, when you talk about being able to break in with emergency notification and where to evacuate, Gary, is that all automated or is that something that the um, uh, emergency response team would be controlling directly? It can be done both ways, uh, and, and it's not it's not either or. It's either and. Uh, you can do both and should do both so that you can give the security, the people that you give specific authority to that can that can just hit a button, uh, you know, that, that does something or they can actually type in something or uh, just as common and, and, and uh, very important is you have basically a number of key uh, uh, standardized uh, messages that depending on what the trigger is, it automatically makes it happen. So if it's a fire alarm, it'll tell you if it's a uh, if it's a, some other kind of a, a, of an event. And what you know, there there are you know they have like in some military bases they have the the, the big voice, you know, where they have speakers outside uh, and they're all mm-hmm. everywhere to tell people what to do. Or uh, those also can be and should be uh, linked to it. And oftentimes in uh, the, the way into um, digital signage for an organization is through the requirement and need for emergency notification. And it's a certainly a very legitimate re- reason. Uh, we certainly know from our work at the Navy Yard um, how important it is to communicate to the workforce when there are issues about, you know, um, sheltering in place and different things like that. Uh, I, I uh, unfortunately had the opportunity opportunity to shelter in place um, earlier this summer uh, with a suspected uh, active shooter uh, in our client building. And, uh, of course, they have regular drills uh, for this, and they have also uh, had a a tragic occurrence uh, in their building. And while it was uh, not not the way I'd like to spend uh, my Wednesday morning, I have to say it was so impressive to see everyone, a uh, military civilian contractor, um, uh, not only know what to do, um, 
but also take matters uh, into their own hands to further barricade uh, uh, their shelter and also uh, comfort each other. it's uh, it's absolutely important, you know. We say in the military, train like you fight, and you could tell that uh, uh, there had been regular and uh, uh, effective drills when we had a situation where we actually thought there was a shooter in the building. Happily, there wasn't one, and uh, after uh, you know an hour of agony, if you will. Uh, we were able to return to uh, to uh, back to normal. I would also have a note: if you are in uh, involved in an active shooter threat, and they let you out, now that is not the time for more caffeine. <laughs> we yeah, all went well, for coffee out afterwards, yeah. <laughs> and I, I was just I was pinging off the ceiling for the next eighteen hours. Well, one thing is was interesting about that circum that particular uh, the whole time of of the events that took place there um, is is if you'll recall um, that uh, prior to the tragic events there were uh, it was there was a prohibition uh, on on personal uh, cell phones certainly on smartphones um, and then subsequent and to that's it that's coming up again. Have you seen that? They're doing it uh, again. That's coming they're- up again. The secretary. The Secretary of Defense is looking at banning cell phones in the Pentagon uh, because of vulnerability for hacking and even Fitbits because they've just realized that uh, uh, Pentagon employees uh, on Fitbits, all the running paths and uh, everybody out running is trackable. Yeah, I saw that. That was something else. Well, see, I mean, you know, of course, the reason they brought it, allowed them subsequently was because of the fact that people couldn't communicate to anyone. Um, so that's a that's troubling. And as far as the Fitbit goes thing go, thing goes, uh, so yeah, I mean, um, if 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 we're concerned about security if you're here at uh, our National Harbor Office, Merritt, Merit, and I've got my Fitbit on, and you'll be able to so, some some bad guy could could trace the fact that they go, okay, uh, Vox Optima Office restroom, Vox Optima Office restroom, Vox Optima Office subway, Vox. Op- <laughs> they could if they need to track that, that's fine. They can they're welcome to it. Um, but uh, yeah, that also thought, subject has not gone running in eighteen months. Right. Well, that's right. That, that's I don't want to hear about that one. But yeah, <laughs> not doing enough of that. Doggone it. Um, but yeah, so um, it is an interesting balance. What do you do? What do you so so what what do you do? Do you do the, the the security of the overarching the overall organization, however big it might be, like the Department of Defense, or the security of and safety of the individual, uh, and to, you know to be able to notify people where they are and what they're doing. So, I don't know. I don't know where that balance lies, but certainly it's been. Um, it is a comfort. Of course, the other side of the comfort thing, Merritt, real quick, is the fact that because we become so dependent on it, and I know this happens in our family, is that you know you you call someone. It happened just yesterday, as a matter of fact. Call, my wife you know, calls my daughter. She doesn't answer. And it's like, where is she? What's going on? What, I, you know, I called her three seconds ago. Why hasn't she answered me? Um, you know, so I remember the good old days when you didn't have this uh, particular worry. Anyway. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, this is, uh, uh, I think, um, time for me to take us to break, Merritt, because we've been talking about... Uh, 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 crisis communication, technology, how it affects it, and we'll uh, continue this conversation in a few minutes. This is the Brand Ambassadors. Uh, give us an email, send us an email at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com or give us a call at 866-472-5790 and we'll talk to you in just a few minutes. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program welcome back to the brand ambassadors i'm gary potterfield along with Merritt hamilton allen and uh, we are talking uh, crisis communication. We're talking about uh, technology and uh, and automation and how that all affects it. And, uh, um, of course, I could send you like an emergency text message, Merritt, if I wanted to, because I've got, I've got my little text message gizmo right here in front of us. So there's all kinds of ways we can we can communicate. Um, um, or I could send you an automated message. But uh, let's uh, – one of the – of course, go ahead. <laughs> the um, – you know, and I, I think what uh, we're talking about is we're st- – still um, uh, wrestling with what the right level of technology is. Uh, We've got uh, the Department of Defense taking a hard look at banning cell phones in uh, the Pentagon, which I think would probably spread out to other secured buildings. Uh, uh, And there there are a couple of solutions. We remember the days when Okay, we had uh, uh, regular telephones and we had secure telephones with um, 
uh, a secure line. And of course, the solution is uh, there. there's absolutely encryption technology available that you can put on um, uh, a standard phone. Uh, if that becomes um, uh, a requirement or a standard, uh, and it's just you know staying ahead, uh, staying ahead of the threat is difficult. And then I think the the hardest part is training to uh, everything uh, as technology really snowballs in our ability uh, to uh, communicate and manage crises. Uh, our training has got to keep up with that. Again, I mean, it's uh, it, it, people, as much as that's important, it is not uh, a lot of organizations say, yeah, I know we need to do it. I know we need to do it. Uh, maybe we'll do it next quarter. Don't have the money this quarter or don't have the organization. You know, there's just so many things like that that um, that they need to be budgeted and, and, and exercised even and, and hope that it never is needed. But, yeah. And, of course, interagency, interagency communication, one of the uh, – uh, difficult things uh, that uh, we saw with the Navy Yard shootings is the number of law enforcement agencies that had jurisdiction and whether they shared information uh, or not. And this is just leading us to a discussion uh, uh, briefly on the uh, uh, horrible error that happened with the state of Hawaii, Hawaii's uh, emergency management system. Uh, they actually had an automated message go out to everybody in Hawaii that there was an incoming nuclear missile. Yeah, now, I'm was... uh, pretty sure that uh, they're planning uh, an exercise, uh, playing an exercise uh, right now on how to counteract uh, uh, how to counteract errors like that. I was just thinking. I sure hope that people don't th- feel that there's a uh, crying wolf uh, aspect to this when they go. Oh yeah, they did that message last month. I saw that before. <laughs> Yeah, oh my God. and the impression I get is the military folks who are much more attuned to that sort of thing, and there's a lot of military folks in Hawaii, y'all, um, were absolutely um, dumbstruck and panicked, and uh, the average civilian was just, eh, I got a lot of texts, well, I don't know, it's probably a mistake, and seemed rather um, unfazed, uh, unfazed by it, so... Uh, yeah, that points to a number of things uh, that need to happen. And also, um, the state of Hawaii and the military, are they training together for um, uh, crisis response? Because they're, uh, a state government and a military command uh, are, are very different organizations, even though they're both government. Well, again, one of the, if the bright side of uh, that, uh, it's if you think about it, it's mostly... Um, a, uh, a good news thing in the sense that, that yeah, scared the heck out of people, um, and 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 but it showed and it showed a weakness. But of course, that by showing that, uh, they go. I bet you most states now and the and, and organizations are saying, wow, uh, we need to. How, how are we set up for this? Every you know, state are, are we prepared? So I think this is what the good the good news from this is that organiza- states uh, and the federal government are going to say in different every location around the country are going to be saying well, let's check our plan. We don't want to be we don't want to have the same mistake. So that's a good thing. Well, here, yeah, on here in New Mexico where we have two um, uh, national nuclear labs, of course we have um, major interagency uh, disaster response exercises. Um, it's just uh, very very much a drumbeat in New Mexico and really uh, has been since uh, uh, the labs came into being. What I found kind of fascinating, if, if, I, if I thought about the Hawaii situation, 
Uh, typically, what you would do as soon as you hear, you get an alert like that about um, some impending uh, danger, then there are some instructions on what to do. And then there, uh, there will be a continued feed of information about uh, what it is, when it's coming. And so the fact that it was an error meant that it was just a message with no follow-on communication. And I think uh, that may have caused um, quite a bit of alarm as well because there wasn't um, the drumbeat from first responders telling people what to do and where to take shelter. Well, see, I'm see, I, I've I've got no problem because I'm 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 of an age when I know exactly what to do in that kind of a crisis. All I have to do is get under, get under my your desk. desk. <laughs> yeah. Now, if I don't happen to have my desk, uh, so I, I know what I know what to do. So we, I, I clearly remember doing that when I was when I was in elementary school, uh, getting under well, the shoot, desk. in two thousand in two thousand and one, I bought duct tape. <laughs> I can't think of really anything. Uh, I mean, it's not like technology or, you know, a response to um, chemical attack, a chemical or nuclear attack got much more sophisticated over the years. Um, mm-hmm. I bought uh, three days worth of uh, food and supplies and duct tape. You still have that duct tape? And that was that was because we were told to duct tape. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, I'm sure I'm sure my husband has used it for something really important. So hey, electricians—they're—they're they're in good shape. That, or, or people in our industry—they say, "Okay, I've got my gaffer's tape. I'm good to go. No problem." There you go. But that for the, those who uh, may not be familiar, that was um, one recommend, recommendation from DHS in case of chemical attack: um, seal all your doors and windows with duct tape. Right. Yeah. The hold, the, the, hold your the, breath, the hold your breath idea—that wouldn't work too well. So. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, so yeah, that, I, I found some fascinating things. I think I'm sure they learned some things. Uh, I was fascinated by, with regard to the Hawaii situation, I was fascinated by what apparently was, um, the message was supposed to be exercise, 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 followed by this is not a drill. Well, what the heck? I mean, which is it? Exercise, 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 or this is not a drill. <laughs> I think uh, they maybe learned from that and one. And you've just text. Yeah, and you've just texted the entire state. Yeah, that this is not a drill. <laughs> Golly, my goodness! Right. Yeah. So and that's that's the um, and and that's the the challenging thing with the immediacy of text messaging is you are reaching uh, thousands, if not millions, of people instantaneously. Right. Um, so I I wonder. Um, you know, when we talk about crisis communication like this, and we've talked about it in other episodes, is that, you know, do do organizations have a plan? Do they, whether they're state, local, federal, corporate, do they have a plan? Do they have a crisis communication team? Um, and do they regularly exercise it? When I was in New Jersey at the Naval Weapons Station there, we... Uh, we would do uh, uh, we would do broken arrow drills all the time, and so and it just got to become routine. You did, you know you knew what you were doing. You you went where you were supposed to go, um, but uh, you know, do, do organizations have them? And I guess the question becomes then is um, you know, um, do, if if you're whoever you are, do you budget in this? Do you do you plan it? How often should you plan it? I don't know. Uh, uh, I I'm actually working on our first ever uh, disaster recovery plan 
we certainly think I know how to communicate our way through a crisis, but uh, Vox Optima, we've never had a disaster recovery plan. It's never come up, and that's actually some uh, something I'm working on. Well, what kind of uh, disaster are we uh, worried about, Merritt? <laughs> well, um, I'm thinking snow. Uh, I'm thinking uh, massive power outage. Uh, I, I'm, y- you know, uh, our, our work is well overhead. So there, there's certainly, uh, to a degree, there's um, a point where everybody would be fine if no one in Vox Optima went to work for a few days. But uh, I think we need something a little better than that, uh, where we've got a, you know, a, a plan to establish um, uh, emergency communications and be able to deliver services remotely. Yeah, well, I re- uh, I re- I re- I'm thinking back to when I, um, in the Navy, uh, got my um, uh, surface uh, warfare pin, enlisted surface warfare pin, and I was thinking, um, you know, yeah, I can imagine now that they're going to say, oh, my gosh, we have a crisis, uh, you know, get the journalist to the bridge. I just, I, I don't see it happening. <laughs> I know. So we're okay. I, I know, think, that yeah, was, um, we'll when I was, well, yeah, when I was taking my my 5.31 a.m. train every morning uh, to the Pentagon when I was stationed at the National News Desk, um, I did tend to remind myself, okay, if no one in our, if no public affairs officer or a journalist went to work for two weeks, ships would continue to sail and democracy would be preserved. You can do this. Right. It's kind of depressing, doggone it, that the world doesn't need us at this very moment. Yeah. But anyway. Right. I mean, even for and even for news clips, <laughs> it's a, you can you can get that online. That's right. It's it'll be a there'll be a bot to replace us. That's what it'll be. Uh, well, there already is. There already is. Look at That's Twitter right. and Facebook. Yeah. Hey. Oh I, my I, goodness. Have, well, we're we having budgeted, another up. We budgeted so, for. Go we, ahead. Real quick. Have we budgeted for our fake uh, our, our fake followers? We have we done that? <laughs> we. <laughs> they cost, uh, I didn't realize that bots cost us money. No, the, yeah, yeah, oh, you, have to, no. you, have to, you have to pay for that. Uh, this I'm going to rethink like, the whole 2018 plan. Yeah, all right. Yikes. So, well, oh, you mean the ones that we hire. I got it. I got it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you're listening to the brand ambassadors. We've got one more segment coming up. We hope uh, you'll join us, uh, join the conversation by sending us an email at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com or give us a call at 866-472-5790. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. 
Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit voxoptima.com. That's voxoptima.com. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Gary Ponderfield, along with Merritt Hamilton Allen. We're talking crisis communication today. And uh, Merritt, I was thinking about uh, when uh, Paul Reinhardt was on the show from Sean Douglas Communications back in November. Uh, well, I think one of the things that we I had asked him about, or one of us had asked him about, um, you know, what an organization should do if a crisis comes up suddenly. And, and his point of view, from his his business point of view, is they aren't working with companies. There's not much they're going to do or can do for an, for an organization um, like if the crisis hits now and they've done no preparation. In other words, his point of view was um, you've got to prepare. You, you, this is something you have to prepare for. And if it's, the, if it's hitting right today, there's not a heck of a lot he can do for you. So I wonder, um, you know, as we wrap up this episode, um, what we lessons we've learned and things that we think that uh, organizations need to do to do that very thing, which is to prepare in case of a crisis. Your thoughts? Well, I think absolutely uh, the FEMA uh, uh, curriculum and process gives uh, any organization uh, a good template, and I believe it's available uh, available online. First thing is you've got to um, uh, secure the scene, ensure safety. Um, you've you've uh, that that's job one. Uh, there is a communication piece uh, to that, uh, certainly by telling people to shelter in place, getting people to evacuate um, to a designated area. And when I say evacuate to a designated area, you got to know what that area is. So 
you, you definitely have to um, think your way through process-wise. So your first step is, uh, you know, verify uh, uh, the safety of everyone involved. Then um, you look at uh, causes and outcome and are the first responders coming? What is going to happen? You communicate through that. Uh, so you've got the, uh, I guess you would say you have the uh, initial crisis, uh, secure the scene, uh, uh, begin um, what mitigation uh, you can, uh, c- continue to tell uh uh, your team, what is happening and what they uh, can expect to the best of your knowledge. And if uh, the answer is we don't know more at this uh, time, that's okay to say too. Then you uh, look at after effects. Uh, when when can uh, we go back uh, to the location if that's an issue? When When is the all clear? When is the crisis over? And then you have to look at recovery, not just the physical plant, uh, not just any potential injuries, but you also have to uh, uh, look at your team. Uh, you have to look at your, your team and uh, check their resilience and see if there's you know a, a need for uh, special counseling or uh, conversation. And uh, uh, it, it's a, a fairly intuitive process. And I think if organizations sit down and think through it, or bring a consultant in and have a couple discussions, uh, and you know, have, have have a couple candid discussions about. Uh, uh, what what this uh, location is, what the situation is, what is realistic, I think you, you can get there. But certainly, uh, you know that that just kind of struck me uh, in our earlier segment when I acknowledged, yeah, I'm writing Vox Optimus first uh, disaster recovery plan. I think our disaster recovery plan was, well, somebody's going to get email eventually, so we'll just figure it out from there. We probably need to do better. One of the things that uh, has always um, I've always thought about with regard to um, exercises and exercising for crises is um, and emergencies is the fact that um, whether or not you want to have a communications plan with regard to crisis, uh, it's it's going to happen because in today's age, you know, the media is going to be all over you. And so, how do you balance uh, responding to the to the requirements of, of the media, and uh, as it relates to using the media to help get the get the word out, and just responding to them? And, and you know, no matter how you look at it, uh, they impact um, what you're doing. So you so it's obviously essential to have a plan. And uh, yeah, I think that our New Mexico training that we did. Uh, was uh, I thought I thought they were uh, I was very impressed with um, how prepared they 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 were and how well they uh, took to the took to the training and uh, realized the importance uh, of the communication process and in, in uh, for first responders so uh, that was very encouraging to me and I hope that uh, other organizations are doing it. Well, yeah, absolutely. And I think first responders are policemen or firemen, uh, emergency medical folks. They uh, are in the business of calming uh, life and death situations. Uh, and, you know, thank God, thank God they choose to do that for a living. But I felt like I learned a lot as a spokesman watching uh, fire chiefs, police chiefs, um, uh, city emergency managers uh, who uh, do this for a living and what, one, that they uh, were really eager for the training and the opportunity to practice, and two, how good they actually are at what they do. I'd never really thought about it this way, but uh, I would imagine, you know, that, that yeah, if you, are in the, if you are a policeman, you are a fireman, um, EMT, whatever you may be like that, that um, 
public relations uh, communications is a critical part of your job and uh, you have you better be good at it um, be, I mean you don't have to be a pro but you just have to be someone who's willing and and, and uh, to communicate and talk to people because yeah that's the when a crisis occurs you do look to those people to say what do I need to do what do I need what do I need to know uh, to tell you the truth, it's mm-hmm. uh, uh, why do you why do you bring up the you know why is the why is the CEO or the mayor or whoever brought in because you're looking for someone of authority certainly not the public relations person they're not the one you're going to turn to to get the answer, so um, you know yeah. that that's true. Uh, uh, I mean, and the 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 public information public relations uh, public affairs team, absolutely they're there. Uh, uh, they have they have a huge role in a crisis, but when it comes to um, the person on camera, the person being interviewed, when at all possible, we want to hear from the police chief, the fire chief, the mayor. We want to hear from that uh, person in charge who's uh, responsible for our safety and hear that we're going to be okay. Uh, now, certainly, I, I, I kind of take it as a sign sometimes. Uh, you know something is really bad when the public affairs person is the only person available uh, to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because everyone else is too busy, no kidding, fighting the fire. Yeah. And that, then that happens, and that, that's uh, why, we, why we exist as well. But we know that uh, the public would rather hear it from the fire chief than uh, the, the PAO. So uh, uh, another good show on crisis communication and this one a little different on uh, uh, the life and death type uh, emergency response. I'm excited about next week's show. Gary, tell us a little bit about our guest for next week. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm excited as well. Dave Tang, Senior Vice President of Corporate Marketing at Western Digital, is going to be joining us next uh, next Friday. Um, what do you do? So yeah, if you have a large uh, organization and um, it's time to, there is a need or a desire to change the brand identity uh, and what you're doing. Because Western Digital, um, a very large and very important organization, um, most of us probably have a product of theirs, whether it's a, uh, whether it's a, um, you know, an SD card from SanDisk or, uh, or a hard drive in your computer from Western Digital. So it's going to be interesting to talk to Dave Tang to learn about what he's doing and what they are doing to try to redefine their brand identity. So uh, for the brand ambassadors, that's a perfect kind of a show. So that'll be exciting, Merritt. Oh, absolutely. And I would encourage uh, you to email your questions in advance. Uh, any questions you have about rebranding, Western Digital, what you'd like to hear uh, David Tang talk about or ha- have us ask him, email that to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. Well, we've come to the end of uh, another episode. We're happy to be in our second season with Voice America, uh, the the leading uh, network, not uh, internet radio network, not just in the nation, but in the world. Uh, for Gary Potterfield, I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Brand Ambassadors. Please join Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield for another edition next Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.